Welcome to Catalyst Conversations, the podcast that brings you real-world stories and solutions from a wide variety of acoustic experts. Each episode, we'll dive into a different topic from the world of acoustics, such as architectural and industrial noise control, seismic and vibration restraint, acoustical testing, or innovative design and engineering of sound control products. Our experts have decades of experience in this space and are eager to share their expertise with you. Join us in making the world a quieter place. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Catalyst Conversations. I'm your host, Becca Barth, and today I am so excited to be speaking with two industry experts in the CAG family about a variety of acoustic testing facilities. IAC Acoustics, one of the brands in Catalyst's portfolio, manufactures several different testing facilities for a range of applications, including the Macrodyne Hardliner VRT Room, recently launched in late 2021. With their combined over 40 years of experience in the industry, it made sense for us to speak with Andrew Pulte, IAC's NVH and Test Facility Sales Manager, and Ted Marquis, IAC's Industrial Sales Manager. Andrew joins us today with a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from The Ohio State University, a master's of engineering in acoustics degree from Penn State University, and over 16 years of experience in acoustic testing environments. While Ted comes to us with a bachelor's degree in industrial design from The Ohio State University, and over 26 years in the industry. Let's jump right in. Once again, we are delighted to be joined by two longtime veterans in the noise and sound control industry, Andrew Pulte, IAC's NVH and Test Facility Sales Manager, and Ted Marquis, IAC's Industrial Sales Manager. Welcome, guys. Thank you, Becca. Appreciate your time today. Yes, thanks, and uh, appreciate you hosting. Of course. I'm so happy to have you both here. Now, let's get right into it. So, first things first. Can you explain to our listeners the various test facilities IAC manufactures and how each of them can be used? Sure. We manufacture two main types of uh, testing facilities. The first one is an anechoic facility. And as as you can imagine from the name, it really means anti-echo. So it's a room that's acoustically controlled to absorb sound on all the surfaces as opposed to a reverberation room, which is exactly the opposite. You want as much echo as possible. And so we have a variety of acoustic chambers and reverberation chambers that have a lot of different purposes and functions. Um, Usually just depends on what the customer is asking for. But in both cases, these are acoustically controlled environments. And in every application we've seen for these acoustically controlled environments, There's usually um, specifications required by the customer for specific types of um, product testing or different types of research as well. Very cool. Thanks for giving us that overview, Andrew. Now, each of these rooms are capable of testing many different items. Ted, can you give us some examples of what types of devices are typically tested in these facilities? Yeah, sure, uh, Becca. It's a wide range of different devices. It, it, it really goes to what what the end user is trying to um, get out of or understand from the device and testing, whether that's 
sound power, you know, the how much sound energy that a particular device puts out so that they can inform the, the public with data um, so that they can make decisions on on that product itself, whether it be vehicles or air conditioning units, even even home uh, in, in your home now, homes are getting quieter. So uh, manufacturers of range hoods and washers and dryers, refrigerators, they, they're trying to determine the sound power, sound energy that their device puts out so that they can inform the public of, of those ranges and they can make a make a decision based on that sometimes. Um, other examples of devices might be, you know, earbuds or or telecommunication devices, cell phones, smartphones, smart speakers, where they need to not only potentially understand the sound power it puts out, but how well it reacts in different environments acoustically, um, whether it be in a in a quiet space in an office or in a in a noisy conference room or in a school classroom. Um, they they need to determine um, how effective it can be in a wide range of environments. So uh, the devices can be as small as, like I said, earbuds and all the way up to a smart speaker. Appliances is, you know, is again a wide range and, and vehicles um, are, are kind of the more common things that we, we would test um, in terms of devices. Just as a side note, one of the largest testing facilities that we've ever manufactured can support a full class eight semi truck with trailer. Um, so that just gives you an idea of the scope of the capabilities for these testing facilities from large all the way down to small tabletop units that you can actually carry around. Wow, you can fit a whole semi truck with the trailer inside a testing facility? That's pretty impressive. Now, I'd like to pivot a little bit and talk about one of the rooms specifically. IAC launched the Macrodyne Hardliner VRT room in October 2021. What is it and why would a client need it? Yes, the VRT in the Macrodyne Hardliner VRT room stands for Variable Reverberation Time. And what that is, is uh, the ability of the test facility to have an adjustable reverberation time. The chamber itself starts out as a reverberation room, and it has the added flexibility and capability of uh, being able to adjust the reverberation time or, or RT60 time. Um, and the way that it does that is it uh, has a series or a set of acoustic panels, absorbing panels, and the, the thickness of the panels and the dimensions really varies based on the type of uh, frequency performance that's needed for the room, especially at lower frequencies, um, typically the uh, cutoff frequency of the room or the, the lowest frequency that the room can perform accurately determines the panel layout and, and thickness. When the hardliner VRT rooms are assembled and installed and, and verified, they're usually measured in a variety of different configurations that the end user might need in order to be able to um, adjust and, and change a pretty wide range of reverberation time. Great. Thanks, Andrew. Now, real quick, can you just give our listeners an overview of what reverberation and reverberation time are? 
Yes, reverberation is the amount of echo that's in a space. A room that has a high amount of reverberation will have a high amount of echo. There'll be a lot of sound waves bouncing around and it may be difficult to understand somebody. That's where the speech intelligibility measurements come into play or someone that may be looking to record um, in a studio. Um, somebody might want a certain amount of reverberation in the studio so that way uh, a musical, um, you know, a, a band or something might sound really just, just the way that it needs to. So reverberation time is the amount of time that it takes for sound to decay or to decrease in level and sound pressure level by a certain amount. Typically, when we are measuring reverberation time, we call it the RT60 time. So that's reverberation time of 60 decibels. If you had a sound source in a room that was going at 100 dB, for example, and then you instantaneously turn that sound source off, the amount of time for the room to decay that sound pressure from 100 dB down to 40, so a 60 dB difference, that amount of time is called the RT60 time. And, and the RT60 time is used for developing uh, these reverberation rooms, the VRT rooms specifically. Interesting. So why would a client need to change the reverberation time? Oftentimes clients are working with uh, their, their end users or, or customers to meet a specific standard. There's a variety of standards out there uh, that exist, but really what it comes down to is for these telecommunications device providers, usually they want to measure the functional performance and the speech intelligibility of their systems in a, uh, a wide range of environments. So you can imagine being in a large gymnasium or, or a big swimming pool, trying to talk to somebody on a phone is a, is a whole lot different than just listening and, and having a phone conversation in your car. The amount of echo or the, the way that a room sounds very live or very dead, depending on how much echo it has, really matters. And it's important for the customers and the manufacturers of these devices to make sure that they understand how well you can hear and understand um, a, a call, a phone call, for example, in a, a large range of environments. Now, with the base enclosure being the Macrodyne Hardliner, can you talk about how IEC developed that particular panel to meet the criteria for the various national and international standards? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I had mentioned that we do comply to a few of the ISO and uh, ETSI standards that are out there. And our panels have been tested acoustically, not, not only for sound transmission loss, so we're able to reduce a large amount of the sound coming from the outside to the inside of the enclosure. It can provide a, a very low noise controlled environment on the inside. But also we understand the uh, anechoic absorption coefficient of our panel construction as well. Um, and that is a very, very low by design. We wanna have a very low absorption coefficient in order to meet the specific ISO standard 3741 um, that calls out the acoustic performance requirements of a, a reverberation room specifically. Now for the absorption panel design, uh, as I mentioned, that's typically developed by the uh, 
the requirement for the low frequency performance, what the cutoff frequency needs to be, as well as the reverberation time expectation as well. What criteria would the end user need to determine for their space? Most of the time, the design criteria starts with a specific standard. There's a lot of standards out there that are related to measuring uh, sound power, as Ted had mentioned, or speech intelligibility. Uh, there's other, lots of other sound quality metrics aside from dB noise level measurements, where there's a certain standard that you have to qualify to, either ISO or ETSI or ASTM. There's a variety of standards that require different amounts of reverberation time in a in a reverberation room, and that's the the design criteria for the VRT rooms really draw upon are really are related to the size of the room and that determines the lowest frequency that you're able to accurately measure in that space and then the specific standard that apply that it applies to and usually the standard has a reverberation time requirement it's usually a certain value or a range of values that are needed in order for that uh, measurement space to be effective in whatever product that they're measuring and now, Ted, what would be the typical construction of a VRT room? So, yeah, so Becca, the typical construction of the VRT room is it's a modular enclosure in form. So it's it's broken down into pieces of panels and doors and other steel detail that would join it together to make a complete system. You know, we kind of start with, you know, the construction that it goes to what we would call the STC or the sound transmission class of our panels and doors that create a system. Um, we would base that really on, you know, kind of starting with the end user of where they're at acoustically and where they want to be. We want to understand their background noise levels. And then we want to, you know, design the room on the inside to meet some sort of ground floor sound level. Um, and, and typically they'll, they'll want to have the ground floor of the chamber or the test cell to be roughly 10 dB less than what the lowest sound levels are trying to record from the from a particular device. IAC actually has about 20 standard panels. We have quite a few. And then we have a series of doors from STC 51 up to STC 64. So we can kind of pick those pieces and parts that help design the room inside to meet what the customer's requirements are based on their ambient sound levels around them. Andrew, can you just talk a little bit about what sound quality is and why it matters when we're talking about VRT rooms? Um, yes, I, I do see every once in a while, I'll see requirements specifically for sound quality instead of just a standard dB value. Uh, some standards may require a certain value in terms of loudness, which is typically measured in zones. And loudness is probably the most common sound quality metric that's used. And really what sound quality just is, is it's a combination of sound pressure measurements and how people actually perceive sound, not just what the actual value of the sound is, but how you hear it. There are certain frequencies that your ears amplify that you're more sensitive to than others. And these sound quality metrics really help capture that. Uh, amount. So, for example, in terms of loudness, uh, noise level that is 10 zones 
only sounds half as loud as something that's 20 sohms, even though those two values may actually have the same dB level, depending on the frequency content, you may perceive one as being twice as loud as the other. And that can be really important in designing these VRT rooms because a certain amount of loudness or, or speech intelligibility or any other sound quality metric can be adjusted with the different panel configuration and different uh, STC values and, and ambient noise levels that the customers may require. Now, one thing that we haven't really spoken about is diffusion. Can you just talk a little bit about why diffusion in these rooms is so important and what it means for the space? Yeah, so the VRT rooms are designed to reduce the outside noise from getting into the rooms. That is that that is the main purpose of those those uh, walls and ceilings and floors. And inside the room, the absorbers are designed to absorb a certain range of frequencies with a certain and they have a specified absorption coefficient. But one of the other design criteria is the ability for the sound to be diffuse in the room. Ideally, in a perfectly reverberant room, all of the sound waves are scattered in all directions at every frequency. Now, of course, that's not realistic, but we do have diffuser panels that help scatter that sound. And the diffuser panels are mounted on the walls and ceilings just as the absor absorption panels are. But they can be scattered around if they need to be positioned close to where certain microphone positions may be, for example. They're usually really good at uh, scattering standing waves in the rooms, and, and standing waves are essentially um, wave, sound waves that bounce back and forth and cause abnormally high readings. The diffusers will help even that out and allow for more even noise measurement at, at all frequency ranges. Gotcha. So are there any other technical details that would be useful for our audience to know and understand? The size of the room is very important in determining the low frequency performance. And I, I, I know I keep mentioning low frequency performance. That is a, one of the biggest design criteria for these types of rooms, for reverberation rooms in general, but also for the Macrodyne Hardliner VRT rooms. It's, it's really important to understand low frequencies don't typically behave very well the way you want them to in rooms. You, you hear a lot of talk about booming and and having to apply bass traps to the corners of rooms. It's used to reduce the reverberation time of these low frequency acoustic waves. Uh, they call them standing waves because they tend to be, uh, these low frequency sound waves tend to be amplified in these, these um, smaller uh, spaces. So if you have a, a very large reverberation room, it'll perform better at low frequencies than a small room would. All right. Our time is just about up, but is there anything else you would like to add that we haven't covered already? Yeah, I'd like to kind of just talk a little bit about our NVH capabilities. NVH is an acronym that we use. Automotive uh, markets, OEMs use it frequently. It's noise, vibration, and harshness. Uh, we do several um, non-anechoic or reverb chambers for these types of systems for noise uh, noise evaluation or buzz squeak and rattle. So we provide an acoustically controlled environment with, with many types of enclosure packages. Um, IAC actually has about 20 standard panels, so we can kind of 
tune an enclosure to sit in a facility, whether it's on the factory floor or in a lab space, and create these environments for MBH testing, um, not only for automotive, but other markets that need to uh, to look at uh, MBH-related issues and how durable their their devices can be under different different situations. All right. Well, I think that's just about our time. So thank you both so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Becca, for, for hosting the podcast. It's uh, it's always a joy to talk about what we do at IAC, particularly in test facilities and test systems. Yes, thank you, Becca. It was a pre- pleasure to be here today. If you'd like to learn more about the VRT room or any of IAC's other testing facilities, please visit iacacoustics.com and click on test facilities. We have a brand new video of the VRT room up on the reverberation rooms page. Be sure to check it out to see how you can change the reverberation time utilizing a variety of absorbers and diffusers in different configurations. I'll include those links in the show notes. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Catalyst Conversations. We hope you enjoyed the episode and hopefully learned a thing or two about acoustical testing facilities that you may not have known before. Be sure to subscribe to this show wherever you're listening right now, and we would love if you left a rating or a review for us to help us be seen by more folks in the industry. We'll be back in your ears next month with a brand new episode. We'll see you then.